are a brotherhood. That's the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're a brotherhood, right. and we're just brothers just shooting this shit, talking shit about whatever it is. And it's natural. It's not robotic. It's us. So, Anthony, can you uh, talk to me about uh, when you started at Gerard and what the first couple months of that was like for you? No doubt. Uh, I started... I started at Gerard in 2000. Uh, I was actually in sixth grade, um, fresh out of, uh, you know, public school. So uh, I grew up very, very under my mother. I was, um, I was pretty much a mama's boy. Got to Gerard, everything changed, man. I thought I, I thought she was sending me away forever. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the first year, I can't even tell you the first couple months, the first year I cried every single day when mm-hmm. I wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, guess for, I guess for those that don't know, um, Gerard is a, is a public boarding school. So we lived there five days a week. Uh, some people lived there the whole week. Uh, I was fortunate to go home on weekends because Lord knows I couldn't take seven days staying there. But I hated it. I skipped school my first like couple days, stayed in the dorms, just cried all day. Called my mom every night, told her that uh I was gonna tell him I had a dad. Because from what I from what I understood, we had to uh come from single parent households with not a lot of money. Um so yeah, that was pretty much my whole first year at Gerard. I hated it, didn't make friends, didn't want to make friends, none of that. So I know my my experience was a little uh little different than most people. It might have been 2002 or 2003. Um but I started in 7th grade and for me it was similar. You know what I'm saying when I started um I didn't think that my mom was abandoning me or nothing like that cuz she explained it to me beforehand. She was like I put you in this school because um you got in, so you had to test to get in. So I put you in the school because you're really smart in the school that you're at. I don't want you to go there. I want you to go to this one because mm-hmm. it'll be better for you and it'll be challenging. And I was like, all right, bet. And so, but it was rough though because the first, I think the first week or two, I cried every night. You know what I'm saying? And I was in the dorm. It was like, I just remember Khan being in there. It was like Khan and shit, I can't remember who was in that seventh grade dorm with me. But I remember like going to bed, crying every night, crying myself to sleep and shit like that. Put the put the blankets over my head so so people wouldn't hear me and shit. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and uh, it was rough. The the schooling and it was different because I I came from classes where it was like thirty six people in the class. And so when I got to Gerard and we had eighteen and people was like, yeah, this is a big class. And I'm like, this is like <laughs> <laughs> this is small. You know what I'm saying? Man. So I wasn't used to having the teachers um, have that one on one time. Who was your RAs when you first started? Uh, first RA was Bill Marcy. Um, mm. I think when I started, you started in sixth grade. I started sixth grade. Yeah, I bet. I, bet. I think. Um, I think he was the only one at the time managing like thirty boys. Yeah. Um, 30 10 year 10 and 11 year old boys. I don't know how he did it, but somehow he did it. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, I remember uh a little bit throughout the year, 
uh, Ronald Riller became our RA as well. Uh-huh. He was, I think at the time he was like fresh out of college. So, you know, we pretty much, I remember like niggas just running over him, like doing whatever they wanted to do. And he wouldn't say nothing, nothing uh-huh. at all. He was the nephew. He His uncle worked there. His uncle was the dean of the uh, middle school boys. Uh-huh. But uh, he had no control. I remember him just like chilling in the cut, not doing anything. Uh-huh. It was wild back then. But uh, I think I think at the time, because I was part of 07. I don't know yeah. if you picked that, picked that up. But um, I think at the time, we we had a decent group of boys, so it wasn't too crazy, but I remember d- getting in dorm disorder and, and running up and down the hallways, doing whatever I wanted to do at that time. Yep. But I'm assuming um, when you came in seventh grade, Wash. So Wash had the background, so he mostly covered like dorms three and four at nighttime, and Kirby covered dorm one and two during the day because he had that front job. Mm-hmm. So he would be like on my ass because I would be cutting up, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> all the time because my parents were there. So I would just be cursing up a storm, uh-huh. playing around in the middle of the night. like Typical boy stuff. Yep. You know what I mean? Because Kirby, like, you know, it took me a minute to realize, oh, Kirby is not my dad. And he <laughs> called my mom in the middle of the night because it wasn't like cell phones like it is now, you know what I'm saying? So I was yeah. like, he can't do nothing. So I was just cutting up. But he just made me stand on the wall. For hours at a time, <laughs> because I would be in trouble all the time. Yeah, I mean, but what was the what was the hardest thing for you to adjust to uh, coming from public school to to boarding school? Uh, like I said, stand like staying away from home. That was the hardest thing. Um, yeah. No, I was spoiled growing up. I got everything I wanted, every toy I wanted. But I was I was also a good kid, so I under. I I was spoiled, but I wasn't, I don't think I was a brat at the time. I think Gerard made me a little more bratty, crying all the time and whatnot. But, you know, I always got good grades when I was in elementary school. School was pretty much easy growing up, but when I, whenever I applied myself. Um, but the staying away from home thing, that was probably the hardest thing. Um, mm-hmm. When did you get used to it? What happened? Like what was like whatever you know what I'm saying? When did you get used to it? And it was it took like a whatever. whole year, maybe, <laughs> maybe longer than that. Um, sep- my second year, seventh grade, the year before you came, two thousand one. Um, I struggled like badly. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on at the time. My memory is, my memory is horrible, so I can't remember anything before. Um. Before Gerard, actually, I was going to ask you about your childhood um, before you came in Ger- to Gerard in '02, but I remember you want to say that again. No, go ahead. I remember um, seventh grade was probably my my worst year at Gerard. Like, um, I got into a lot of trouble, stopped doing homework, stopped doing work, and stuff like that. And I can't remember, but for whatever reason, I didn't get reprimanded that much. Like, I remember having to do detention on weekends. Back at Gerard, you, you got in trouble. They used to make you stay on weekends. 
Like Damn. they knew how to get to you. Like they knew niggas like me wanted to go home. No, you're not going home. You're staying the weekend. And you're going to write the whole weekend too. But um, yeah, that year I like got into it with my classmates. I didn't, uh, I didn't know how to take jokes. None of that stuff. Like they'd be horse playing. I ain't got time for that. I, I like, I want to fight right then and there. I don't care who you are. Like, you could be my best friend at the time. Nah, we're about to fight right now. But yeah, I was going to so, ask you, like, before Gerard. All right, so hold on. Before, speaking of fighting, before I tell you my life, like, before Gerard. Right. So, at my previous school, all the tall people were punks. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were punks. So, uh, when I first got to Gerard, I was like, it's seventh grade. It's... And it wasn't orientation, but it was like the first, the first night or the second night. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? I think it was the first. I think night. I know what you're about to tell me. Yeah, Kirby, Kirby fucking wash had a big ass meeting in the study hall room, and I go down there. It's like Daniel, Hunt, Daniel, Hilbert. not Daniel, Hunt, it's James, Hunt, it's Daniel uh-huh. Hilbert, fucking Kelly. You know what I'm saying? They all at the table cracking jokes because Daniel fucking funny and shit. They cracking jokes and shit, and um, I go up to Kelly, who was the tallest dude at the time, and I'm thinking. <laughs> He a bitch. I was like, he ain't about to be a bitch. Same thing that happened in my, like, I'm thinking it's still elementary school where all the tall people were punks and shit. I'm like, he about to be a bitch. So I have an Aquafina bottle in my hand. Uh, no water in there. And I go over there and I pop him upside the head. You know what I'm saying? Drawing. And no he just says, he just, yeah, exactly. For no reason. It really was no reason because I didn't even really say hi. I just was like, I just sat behind him and popped him upside the head with it. So he turned around. He was like, yo, man, what are you doing? Why'd you do that? You know what I'm saying? And then, to me, it confirmed my hypothesis that he was a bitch. That's what it confirmed when he didn't turn around and do nothing. Little did you know. And I was like, yep. I popped him upside the head again, and this nigga caved my chest down. This nigga hit me so fucking hard, bro. Like, <laughs> I was... I had to catch my breath. I was like, oh, shit. He hit like a grown-ass no, man. Say, right Kelly now. had grown-man strength since he was a baby. <laughs> For real, <laughs> he hit me like a grown ass fucking man, right. bro. And he was like, "I told you stop." And then he just went, he just turned around and kept fucking talking and shit. That was like the end of it. And so that's I learned real quick. You know what I'm saying like, shit, shit is different. You know what I'm saying I went to my mom, so I grew up. You know what I'm saying, um, in Germantown. But once I hit first grade, my mom moved us to the suburbs. She moved us to mm-hmm. Darby, and so. I went to this school called Park Lane Elementary out there in Darby. And that's where I did uh, first through sixth grade. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I was like, you know, just, I just excelled at the school. It was um, super easy. It's just elementary mm-hmm. school. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So my mom, my mom really decided to move me to drive because they wouldn't put me in the academically talented classes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I had classmates, I had white classmates that were in the academically talented, AT classes is what they call them. They was in AT classes but I was getting better grades than all of them. I was getting better grades than them. I was finishing my tests way faster than them. And they live like, they all live, we all live in the same neighborhood. So I knew them and I was like, I was excelling, but they wouldn't put me in an academically talented class because they were saying, they don't think I can handle the workload. Mm. And my mom was like, what the hell are you talking about? Cause he is finishing his tests five to 10 minutes before them and he's bored. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so she was afraid, I was a good kid. So she was afraid that, when you get bored in class, you're going to start cutting up. She was afraid that eventually I would start doing that if I stayed at that school. And so 
they did eventually put me in academically talented classes once I hit like fifth grade. But at that time, my mom was already on the move, putting me in Gerard. She was already getting that paperwork and stuff like that ready. Mm-hmm. So she had uh, my teacher at the time, Miss Salvatore, uh, start writing the documents and getting everything ready for me to go to Gerard because they it was too little, too late. You know what I'm saying? It was like they weren't, you know, from like second or third grade, she'd been trying to get me into academically talented classes and they was just you know, dragging their feet, mm-hmm. you in a suburb, you know, white suburb in Philly. I'm a black kid. They're like, no, you know what I'm saying? So she put me in dry quick, fast, and in a hurry. Right. But, but yeah, that's how I grew up. My mom was working. My, I don't know my biological father like that, but my stepdad was always there since I was two years old. And so um, that's my dad. When I, when I say dad, I'm talking about my stepdad because I don't even know what biological father. So mm-hmm. yeah, I grew up with them in the house. Uh, it was rough. You know what I'm saying? They was always working. You know, the same shit that you hear, like, single black parent households and shit like that. Right. Like, that's mom pretty working. much... Exactly. That's pretty much how it was. Like, my mom went to... She went to work. Then she went to school. Then she came home. Uh, she may have cooked dinner. And then she went to sleep. Mm-hmm. For the most part, when I was in elementary school, I would go to school. I would get up in the morning, wash up, get my brother and sister ready. Because the school was around the corner. We would walk to school. We would go to school till three o'clock, come home. You know what I'm saying? I would lock the door and then I would help. I would do my homework and then I would help my brother and sister with their homework. Mm. And then um, I would start, um, I wouldn't cook dinner because I was too young at the time, but like they would have like TV dinners and I could put that shit in the microwave. Right. And then at like six or seven o'clock, I would start washing myself up and telling my brother and sister to wash up. My mom would come home between six and seven. I would read my sister a book to put her to bed. I was like, I read my sister books at nighttime to put her to sleep. And then me and my brother, you know what I'm saying? We would read books because my mom was like, make sure you read. And we would go to sleep. And when my mom came home, like I said, she may or may not cook dinner, but she would always do her homework. So she was always working school mm-hmm. and then and work. You know what I'm saying? So, and then my dad, he would be working until whatever time but my dad was, he was a horrible, he was, you know, my parents had me at 16. So right. he was like, he was like 24 years old. He didn't know how to be a dad with three damn kids. Well, four kids. He didn't know how to yeah. be a dad to four kids. Man. So he was a horrible, he was horrible at that time. Um, but yeah, that's, that, so my mom put me in dry as soon as she, as soon as she found out about it and as soon as she could, because it's crazy because it's in North Philly and it's that big ass wall and everybody know what it is. They were like, oh, it's the school with the wall around it, but nobody really know what's inside, what's inside? all the time. Right. Exactly. So, because um, I remember my grandparents telling me they grew up seeing Gerard all the time, but they never knew what the fuck was inside of it. My there. dad used to and say so, the same exact thing, and he was excited when I got in that he could see exactly. what was going on behind that wall. My whole family, same way. So, my mom got me in there, and my whole family was excited. Um, speaking of which, did you ever get teased, though, for going to Gerard? No, no, <laughs> no quite the opposite. So... You know, we came home on weekends, so I would see the same group of friends that I had growing up that I could see every day, still hang out with them or whatever. And I'll be telling them, <laughs> I swear to God, every time uh, I came home on weekends and I either, you know, met somebody on the street or or was just talking to my friends, I'd be like, yo, I go to Gerard College. I'm like, mm-hmm. you go to college? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At that point, you just got to say, yeah, man, like. They wouldn't. They wouldn't understand what's going on. So, it's like, yeah, I go to college, man. And like, wow, you're like really smart. But yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody on the outside knew about. I mean, I couldn't tell you what. So, who was the most influential person like to for you at your eye while you was there? Most influential. 
Yeah. From a teacher perspective or RA perspective? That's a good question. Um, I honestly don't think it was just one teacher or one RA. I think it was, Uh I actually think my, my peers were my most influential at first, probably Mm -hmm. throughout, throughout middle and high school. It was probably them. Um, yeah, I I don't think I could just pick one person. I think it was, I think each person from each level, not each person, but um, different people from each level contributed something different in my life. So, um, I I could talk about Wash, Wash, Derek Washington. He was a, uh, he was probably the first person that was influential in my in my life um mm. you said who no i said uh great um he was probably the first influential person in my life he was a seventh grade ra and um he never he was i think he was more like a friend maybe because he was younger than a lot of the the other people there, a lot of the teachers and, and RAs. Um, but I don't know. He was, it was different. Like he would let us, he would let all of us in his apartment. You know, we watched TV in there, played on the computer there. So um, I think he first showed that he actually cared about us more than, more than it just being a job for him. Um, mm-hmm. I think, Elijah Love taught me uh, discipline. If any, if we learn anything from Elijah Love, discipline, business before pleasure, gentlemen, all the time, and he had the quotables that that stuck with me oh for for for, for life. So, um, Elijah Love taught me that. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it was a multitude of people that you know taught me different things. I think mostly my most influential people were y'all, the people that I went to school with every day, the people that, you know, I live with pretty much every day for 10 to 12 years. So that was it for me. How about you? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sorry, I consider all of y'all my brothers and sisters right. um, that I went to Gerard with. So I, 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 I agree a hundred percent with y'all being some of the most influential people in my life like honestly the first person i think of is is, is omar like for bay this man yes okay this man came to dry same year i did seventh grade we came in uh new together and omar was he was he was he was fat yeah. <laughs> seventh grade, he was chubby bro he was chubby Thanks. you know what i'm saying and, but he was play. he was like yo i'm gonna play ball and he said that shit and he was like and i'm gonna be on honor roll every year mm-hmm. and so he, Omar was the always said that's one thing you always heard Omar say was uh, hard work be talent yep. any day yep. and that's that's the one thing he said from 7th grade to forever he probably still say that Joe now right. I mean but Omar embodied that and he lived that and so that's one thing that I think about that all the time you know what I'm saying uh, Omar saying that and then seeing him transform from what he was in seventh grade to being on uh, the varsity squad and them going as far as they did multiple times. And then him playing ball in Livingstone and then him still doing, he's still playing ball. Um, and still and working so, hard and, too. 
It's still working hard. You know what I'm saying? He landlord. Oh, like this man doing his damn thing. Like Omar, I'm really proud. I haven't talked to him in a minute, but I'm really proud of Omar and, and some some of the things he said when we were growing up, when we were kids. I'll, I'll never forget. Uh, so that yeah, absolutely. Um, y'all absolutely had a had a major influence um, and a motivating factor uh, for for my whole life. Mm-hmm. From a teacher perspective, I would say. Probably, uh, I don't even know. I, it's a couple of them. I would have to go with Romano. Romano was just, I didn't, like, he annoyed the hell out of me when I was in school. <laughs> Shut White up, counterpart. <laughs> he annoyed the hell out of me while I was in school, but, but he, he, he was, uh, he was genuinely a good guy, really, uh, kind hearted. And he saw, he, uh, saw some talent from a baseball perspective and from a, from a educational perspective and a school, scholastic perspective. And, he was always there to help and uh, encourage and motivate shit like that. And then RA, absolutely. Wash, because Kirby was cool and Kirby was more of a disciplinarian for me because mm-hmm. of where my door was. You know what I'm saying? But Wash was always just so damn laid back, calm, chill. You know what I'm saying? Right. He, and then, yeah, I went inside his dorm. He was he showed me, he had me play on Pro Tools and stuff like that. Honestly, I remember I, that. I, it was all, yeah, he would have us do beats on Pro Tools and shit like that. I think it was Pro Tools or Loopy. What's that? Fruity Fruity. Loops. Yeah, Fruity Loops, that one. He had Fruity Loops and shit, so we was doing beats on there. Like, Wash was cool as shit. And then, uh, but every year, every year, I think uh, I had an RA, like, Garrett, uh, Dan Garrett, he was the first person to show me what a alternative black man was. <laughs> I've ne- I never, just being real, bro. No, that, that's, just being you're right. real. Like, you're right, because growing up, we, we listened to I ain't to never seen a black man. Go ahead. <laughs> I ain't never seen a black man play the guitar before I met him. I ain't never seen a black man play hockey before I met him. And he big as shit out there playing hockey and shit. I'm like, yo, this man's serious. Like, like he was an alternative black man. I never, I never met anybody like him at the time when I was uh, in that's grade. The perfect, you know what I'm saying? That's so, the perfect description for him. Yeah. Yeah, for real. You know what I'm saying? And so stuff like that. And, and then when I got to college and I went to HBCU and I started to see others other black people that were different because you know we grew up in philly we all pretty much we had similar backgrounds similar interests mm-hmm. gary was just completely just different and so uh it made me a little it helped me understand and appreciate different things because i actually like playing hockey on the video game i actually right. like that shit started doing it well you know how come we never tease garrett how come huh? we never tease garrett we had jokes for everybody but never said anything about garrett sitting in that chair and playing that guitar all fucking that, bro. <laughs> that's all he did. I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, because we messed with Shepard. Shepard, Shepard, yeah. biggest shit up top, little skinny ass. <laughs> he ain't do no we, leg work. He missed leg. He missed leg day every day, bro. He missed leg day every week, bro. He never did leg day. He ain't care either. <laughs> oh, he was husky as shit. Though. <laughs> uh, but then love, absolutely. Like love is the love is the. Most influential RA man, this man. He was funny. Mm-hmm. He was serious. He was about his business. He wanted you to be about your business. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And he had your back. Like he was, he was. He has, he has your back to this day. This man, absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I gotta reach out to him. I haven't talked to him in a little bit. But what was your summers like yeah. after? You know, you getting um, accustomed to Gerard, and pretty much these are your friends now. Like. You know, after a while, you come home on weekends, but 
things changed pretty much. Like we pretty much don't have any outside friends after that. So what was your yeah. summers and weekends like after uh seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade? Boring as hell. Honestly, I would just play the game. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And I would just play the game. And and you know it's real, bro, because I would take a game home, beat it over the weekend, and then come back um to school. You know what I'm saying? Trade it off with somebody. Yep. And so uh, that's what I would do. So I, my, my shit was just playing the game all fucking weekend because I would just wait. Because we would leave Friday. I left like Friday at like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. My grandma would come pick me up, take me to the house. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come back Sunday at like 8 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? So 7, 8 o'clock, I would come back on Sunday. So between 6 o'clock Friday and 7 o'clock afternoon on Sunday, I was beating a whole game. Like, I would literally just play the game the whole weekend. Um, and during the summers, Titus lived close to me. So during the summers, I would just hang with Titus a lot. Okay. Titus would, me and Titus would walk to each other's house, and we would hang out all summer. Like, Titus, when my parents moved to Florida, when I was going into 11th grade, Titus, went, my parents uh, flew me out to Florida. Oh, wow. Uh, for the summertime to be with – I didn't want to go. I did not want to. I did not want to go to Florida. I wanted to chill in Philly for my summer, but they was like, "No, come with us to to Philly." Because I mean, to Florida, that's gonna be your last. Uh, that's gonna be your last summer before you go to college or whatever. And I'm like, "All right." And then my parents, they love Titus. Like they treated him like a son. And he 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 told me uh, a year ago. He was like, "Yo, to tell your dad, you know what I'm saying I love him. He's he's like a father figure to me." So and my mom too. So Titus, Titus is family. You know what I'm saying? Even though I ain't talked to him in years, Titus is family. And so right. he, my dad, my dad was like, I want Titus to come down for the summer. That's how close we were. I didn't even ask for Titus to come down to Florida for the summer. My dad said, I want Titus to come to Florida for the summer. Wow. And so Titus spent this whole summer of 11th grade uh, with me in Florida. Wow. <clears throat> and yeah, my dad treated this man. He treated him just like us. My dad woke my ass up six, in, six seven in the morning because my mom went back to Philly for this. My mom flew me out to Florida for the summer and then flew herself and my sister to Philly for the summer. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, so it was me, my dad, my little brother, Daquan, my little brother, Shannon, and fucking Titus. And so my dad is like, I got a house full of niggas. And ain't none of these niggas working. My dad was mad as shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so he was like, he woke me up at six, seven in the morning with Titus. It was like, y'all niggas go pound the pavement. That's what he would say. Go pound the pavement. Go find a job. And I was 15. So I didn't apply for working papers because I wasn't expecting to work. Right. And nobody was trying to hire me because I was only going to be there for like eight, eight weeks, 10, eight to 10 weeks. But so we would be out there sweating our ass off because in Florida, bro, when it hits eight o'clock, it's 80 degrees. And when it hits 10 o'clock, it's a fucking hundred, bro, because the humidity is no joke out there. And so we'd be out there sweating our ass off. We had a lady feel so bad for us. She was like, come sit down. I'm going to give you all this water and shit like that. Because me and Titus was like sweating our ass off looking for jobs. Titus found one. I never found a job. And so uh, he worked during that summer, but I didn't work. He worked at a cheesesteak spot uh, in Florida, which is crazy. But my summers were boring, bro. I just played the game all, all summer. And all just so you know, I was better than you. You was mastering games at that age, and I was still better than you in every game. In, in what way, bro? What, what game are you lying I'm, about? I'm just saying. You know how I used to put, I used to put niggas in depression uh, over SmackDown? Uh, all right, hold on. Hold on. Are we going to get into this story or no? No, we can save it. We can save it. 
No, fuck that. No, no, you started it. No, you fucking cheated, bro. You picked fucking Brock Lesnar or whoever was the best, whoever was the best fucking nigga. You were F five every fucking body. It, did, it didn't I'm matter. Saying. I ran through the whole dorm and every no, fuck single that, game man. played, especially SmackDown. I would not get off the sticks. Fuck that. No, you picked the best nigga and just F5 everybody. Brock Lesnar was a cheat code back then, bro. I picked Undertaker every fucking time. That was my man. No matter what year SmackDown it was, I picked Undertaker no matter where his rating was. And I would tombstone pile drive your ass every fucking time. It didn't didn't matter who I picked. I I did pick Brock Lesnar all the time, but I used to go to work on niggas. It didn't matter. And then in Smash Brothers, fuck that. Smash Brothers too, nigga. You would be fucking cheating as hell. Fucking Royal Marf. I can't remember what Smash Brothers, I would kill everybody. It would be the whole dorm. I remember I had the whole dorm floor rooting against me. Me and King was going at it, and he, I was up like 10 lives. So I was chilling, and then all of a sudden, he started coming back a little bit. Still smacked him out of here, but I had the whole 11th and 12th grade watching the game, rooting against me. He was singing a little Time to Chill song and then sitting hot. I remember that shit. Ain't nobody come get me. Because... Cause you would, if we was playing on the drone with the, it's like the uh the fucking fox board with the little yeah, ship, with the ship. You was sitting that little yeah. You was sitting that corner. It's hard as fuck to kill somebody in that little corner. You was just sitting there the whole fucking time. Or if we was on high rule, which is our other favorite, <laughs> you would go to the fucking bottom. You wasn't slick, bro. Like I know what you was doing. You hey man, sometimes you sometimes you lose a little too quickly. You got you got to you got to chill a little bit. That's playing smart, man. Find your little hiding spot and right. wait wait over there until somebody get tossed over there and then you knock them off the board. <laughs> Same pattern yeah. every time. I think you was probably you were probably the best person that I went I went against in games. I wish I was still actually good mm-hmm. in games because I still play, but um yeah, I think you were probably my biggest competition at the time. I wish we would have never stopped playing games. I, I shouldn't have listened to my we shouldn't have listened to our parents. No, bro. really. Like they have tournaments, yo. We could have got a little squad together. This kid just won three million dollars. I thought I playing Fortnite. Yeah, I don't I don't know about Fortnite and I look at it and I don't understand it whatsoever. I feel like I'm getting old. <laughs> but um yeah, I wish I wish we still could have played. I feel like if they did like a an uh, old smash or 007 golden eye i feel like i feel like we can still win bro they have smash brothers tournaments i don't know if they do like melee or brawl anymore though they probably i know they have a smash brothers ultimate mm-hmm. tournament you know what i'm saying i would do it i probably get my i probably i'd do it too mad but i would definitely play and and, and try to win some money I still got it, bro. I'm playing Madden now. 2K. I be smashing people in 2K, bro. Bro, I, I don't know how you play that shit. That shit is way too many buttons. What, 2K or, or Madden? Uh, two, at least 2K. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't know if I played uh, Madden recently, but 2K is like a, a a button for every single thing. The dribble from left from left to right hand. You got to press this button, that button. Shooting button is like bro. three different three different type of shooting buttons. Like I can't I can't get with it. I tried, but it don't. It's work. nice. Bro. See, the problem with everybody in two K is that I think you if you play two K, I think you'd be good because um, when people play two K, especially when we was coming up, they would always just pick the superstar. Everybody picked Kobe mm-hmm. when we was coming up, and then now people starting to pick LeBron, and then people was picking Steph Curry and um, and KD and right. 
you know what I'm saying? Unless you're Teron, who's big T-Mac all the time. But I always, always play with the Sixers, no matter who was on the fucking squad. Kind of like I always play Undertaker. Like, I'm loyal to the soil, bro. Like, I'm Eagles all day when we was trash, when we was good. Sixers all day when we was trash, when we was good. But if you know how to play basketball, it's different for 2K because people will try to gun with one player and they don't know how to play with nobody else on their squad. Right. I can play with the whole – I play with the whole five team, five uh, five people on the squad. So I'd be smashing people when I play 2K. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good at 2K. I, I think I can uh, – I might want to do that one day, try a tournament out or even Madden try a tournament out. Madden a little different, but the 2K, I feel as though I can compete, even though I haven't done it in a minute. Lenny was playing online uh, when him and I used to live together, and uh, I used to sit there and watch him play 2K. And he handed me the sticks once. He was, it was fourth quarter. He was up like 12 points. Mm. I scored two. I scored two points and ended up losing that game in the last <laughs> like three, three and a half minutes. And you know, you know, two K they save like all the all your stats and everything and your wins and losses. He was tight. He was like, "How the hell you lose a twelve point lead?" I know he was mad. Like, three minutes. You could have bled. Like, the- I don't know what I'm doing. You just bled the clock. Who you play with? Uh, he played with the Sixers. But Bro. I think I think he was in like season like three or four, so the rosters was like way different at that time. Okay. He probably kept like Ben Simmons. He was the only person I knew that knew how to score every bucket with Ben Simmons. All right, let's finish this up real quick. Yeah. Um so what is the one thing that Edgerite What is the one thing that Gerard provided for you that you don't think you could have received elsewhere? Uh, a sense of brotherhood, yeah. a sense of family, not just brotherhood, because I, I got sisters and everything too. But um, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have got that anywhere else. I remember uh, the transition from, also the transition from high school to going to college was pretty simple for me because I already lived away from home. Um, that sense of independence. I think Gerard has taught me pretty much everything that I know to this day. Mm. And um, I can't, I don't think I could pinpoint exactly one thing that's more important than the other, but I, I think that brotherhood um, is, the, is the number one thing that it taught me. Um, but also in that, it also taught me, it's, it's hard for me to uh, get closer to other people as well, because mm-hmm. I have such a, I have a, um, how do you say? I have these expectations of what friendship should mean that aren't always as realistic as it is in the outside world. Right. Um, so at times I, I still struggle with that, but I know that I have my my real friends not saying that I don't have real friends outside of Gerard, but it's a little different between people that went to Gerard and people that didn't go to Gerard, if that makes sense. So I think Gerard has taught me that, um, as well as a, a lot of other things, but that's probably the most important to me. Right. Um, I'm with you 100%, bro. Like, the sense of brotherhood and, and family, like you said, because I got, like, Kara and all the girls as well that that uh that went to Gerard, I feel like I can 
if I saw them or what or needed something or needed to reach out to them, they would absolutely be receptive. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like I went to college. My fr- my freshman year of college, bro, was so simple. It was so easy. I'm like, yo, Gerard is definitely was definitely more difficult, right? Than freshman year and even the first semester of sophomore year of college. Once I hit my engineering courses, it was a fucking wrap. Those engineering courses was no joke. But everything before my engineering courses, Gerard was was more difficult then. Um, but also, Gerard changed my expectations um, for myself mm-hmm. because we had a seven point grading scale. Oh man! Saying? And people don't understand a, that, bro. For real, like it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because it it raises your standards. It's a curse because that shit is ridiculous, bro. Like ridiculous. They didn't change our, they didn't change our GPA back to match nothing, bro. They like they they could have helped us out with that, but exactly when they changed the grading system, I think two years after, two or three years after we left, they should have changed our grades. For real, absolutely, For real. absolutely. But uh, but um, yeah, it raised my expectations, bro. I went to college and I would get like an eighty-five, an eighty-four. I would get an eighty-four, and I'm like, damn, I gotta see it, that shit. Mm-hmm. But that's a B in college. I'm like, that's a fucking B, bro. I'm like, oh, that's a B. All right, my GPA better than what I thought it was going to be. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so uh, so it, it absolutely raised my expectations. And I, I definitely probably wouldn't be um, where I am right now uh, without, without uh, the Gerard being there because it, it definitely changed the game for me. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you 100%. Like when I went my freshman year after I met friends and shit like that, um, I told him straight up. I was like, "Yo, this summer, I should probably shouldn't have said this to him." But I literally told him, "I was like, yo, this summer, don't hit me up." He's like, "What you mean?" I was like, "Yo, I got my brothers back from Gerard all year, so don't don't get offended if I don't answer the phone when you text or call me." And he's like, "All right, I understand." I was like, "No offense, you know what I'm saying?" But for I literally said that to him, and they, and they understood because I was like, "Yo, they like they my brothers, yo." I was like, "I, I grew up with them from seventh grade on." So mm-hmm. and I, you know what I'm saying? Because we used to have conversations that freshman year. We used to be on the phone a lot, especially me and Coles, because Coles went to school an hour away in Durham. Right. Coming from, they ain't far, but coming from Philly, I, I thought that nigga was like far as shit away, but an hour ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? I could have, I should have saw him more than I did right. in college. But, um, but I told them straight up, like, yeah, don't, don't hit me up, bro. Like, <laughs> and it's a, it's a level of, uh, I agree with you, like in terms of friendships, like, I can be. I'm, I think I'm a really good friend to people even outside of Gerard mm-hmm. because I I have expectations. Like you said, I have expectations of what friendship is. I mean, and so all of my friends outside of Gerard, they all like they really appreciate the friendship I have with them, and I'm able to get really close friendships with them. And I remember Brianna was like, she told me when we was in college, and even some of my other friends was like, I don't know these. Like, I don't. I never had friendships the type of which you have with your Gerard people. And mm-hmm. like Brianna straight up to me, I've never seen a group of guys as tight as you are with your Gerard families. Mm-hmm. And uh and it's real. It's absolutely real because when we got married, she was I was like, yo, Toronto first off, when we got married, I was like, yeah, everybody, everybody has an invitation from Gerard. And um any of y'all could have came. Right. All niggas got in the car together and fucking came. <laughs> and that, and then when y'all came, y'all was doing more shit than the fucking groomsmen, bro. Who, who college because Brianna, so my, Brianna was like, my wife was, my wife was like, 
she wants people who were involved in us as a relationship in college to be a part mm-hmm. of her. And so I was like, all right, well then clearly that's the people that we went to college with because you know them best. But I did want some of y'all to be groomsmen. That's why Coley was a groomsman and Teron mm-hmm. was a groomsman. Like, that's, that's my man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's like you and Trev. Like, no doubt. It was, it was no fucking choice. Teron is a fucking groomsman. Teron was the best man. 